This is sublime. Every time. Jack Morris. Noah, pro wrestler and part of the good looking guys. And you're listening to the amazing, the fantastic, the sublime wrestling. Hello everyone and welcome to May's edition of the Purovision podcast. I am Jamie Johnson. I'm back again this month with a new microphone. So apologies for the sound issues last <laughs> month. It should, should, fingers crossed, be a lot better uh, this time around. And uh, Scott joined me last month, but we're back to usual uh, this time with Ben and Kay. So first, Ben, our beefy wrestling connoisseur. How are you? I'm I'm good. I've I've finished uni and the many toils that come with that, and now I'm ready to talk a lot of utter nonsense about this month's <laughs> wrestling. There's plenty of there's plenty of random stuff to be talking about this month, and lots <laughs> lots of non wrestling stuff as well, really that ties in. So um, and Jake Lee had a match, so yeah, and it was spectacular. <laughs> there's definitely going to be some nonsense from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you heard of there uh, heard them there. Kay as well, our Shun Skywalker expert. How are you? <laughs> I'm relatively okay, pretty much buried in university work, but, you know, <laughs> you make do. Um, yeah, so we've got a lot to talk about this month, um, lots of injuries as well, but we'll come to those as we go along, and we'll start with, I think this is the only place to start this month, with the King of DDT tournament, and the winner of the King of DDT tournament, Chris Brooks. Yeah, I think it's a really heartwarming story in a way, right? Uh, Chris obviously um, had in 2019 just come to Japan to DDT, had to make a choice when the pandemic hit, and obviously, you know, chose DDT, chose to stick with them, even though they weren't the biggest promotion in Japan. Like he chose to make that his home, and in the first King of Gate tournaments he competed in. He didn't do well, but this time, like, he went through Harashima, he went through President Takagi, uh, and then uh, through Higuchi, and basically proved himself, you know, as worthy of standing alongside the legends of the promotion. I really think that's a that's a very nice story in there. Yeah, I like Kate. It's always nice to see someone that, you know, has stuck with a promotion like he has, you know, get that moment where, you know, it is paying off and he is getting you know a, a big win and I think it's a, it's a good choice to go with as well I, I'm a big Chris Brooks fan it's it's nice to see him in a spot like this um I am excited to see where he goes I mean you know I've seen a lot from him before it's not you know this isn't something that I'm not used to seeing him in a good I don't even know where I'm going with a sentence, actually, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, I, yeah. I am familiar with Chris Brooks, but mm. you know, it is still nice to see him climbing a ladder, and especially when it's someone that you have been watching as well. Like sometimes when with these people, I'm not as familiar with him, but Chris Brooks, I do, I do know stuff about him. I have watched a decent amount of his matches, so it is nice to see. Oh yeah, he's. It's his turn now, and yeah, I, I want to just see him take him even further forward. Yeah, absolutely. Would love it if he, you know, actually won the title. That would be that would be a cool, cool moment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I think be against that, actually, I think I think he 
be a good champion, really. And, you know, he's someone who never really disappoints. Like, whatever you put him in, he can, he, he will get something very good at it. He w can work with pretty much anyone. So he would be a very solid bet for holding that top belt, I think. Yeah, he's very versatile, isn't he? Like you said there. I think, obviously, he's got his match with Hino. They've scheduled it for Wrestle Peter Pan in July, I think. So it's a bit of a way off. But um, Hino's title reign has been quite short, hasn't it, so far? He's only just won the title. Um, so it feels like maybe they won't put it on him. But I understand that like, um, everyone, well, I'm hoping, I think most people seem to want Chris Brooks to take the title. And I think it really shows, you see it on Twitter as well, the people like, He's really bet on himself, hasn't he? Because it's like you talk a lot about like NXT UK and the people that have moved from the Brit Res, like the scene at the time that had jumped straight to NXT UK and not mm. got anything out of it. Chris Brooks mm -hmm. turned down a deal from NXT UK from WWE and went over to Japan and he's made something for himself and he's made a star of himself in Japanese wrestling. Absolutely. And he's like, he's just constantly, he's been rewarded for the hard work he's put in and. He took that risk, betting on himself, like, um, and it's come good. And I know we said it with Aussie Open. It's like someone you see a lot getting to the top, as it were. And um, Chris Brooks is exactly the same, I think. Yeah. I also like really like the match, um, you know, the, the, <laughs> the finals in which he, he won, actually won the title. Because what I really liked about it is, right, Chris Brooks, he's a tall guy, but he's not like as physically strong as Higuchi. Uh, so he had to basically, you know, resort to tricks. He had to resort to Masa's playbook. Uh, he had to, you know, cheat a little bit. And I think that also mm. fits in very well with the DDT style, right? Because in DDT, baby faces do shit. Like in other promotions, they would <laughs> completely be heels for that. <laughs> but in DDT, a guy can just fucking smash a different guy over the head with a barricade and still be a baby face. It's, it's totally cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's one of a kind. A, a really good point you raise, and that, that's I think again that also speaks to Chris Brooks's versatility as well. That he can, you know, just do whatever. You, you know, if you go into a Higuchi match, maybe you're thinking, oh, you got to do strong stuff. You, you don't. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff. And Chris Brooks is someone who can really get away. But I do also want to mention that Higuchi was vicious in that match. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That. Fat, good lord, Higuchi. What, what did Chris Brooks do to you? What, did he like do his sandwich backstage or something? I, I don't know. Oh my, whoa. He, he was not happy. And the, the bits with the barricade you mentioned in particular, that was, oh, that was not. Yeah, uh, yeah, he looked like a badass in that match. It's, it's sort of right. He, he didn't win, but he still got put over big time. It's, it's, it's fucking. What? <laughs> yeah, I, and I don't know what issues Higuchi seems to have with his own brain, but <laughs> <laughs> that man seems intent on destroying it. And I mean, you know, there is problems associated with that, but it does look really, really badass. <laughs> yeah, those those spots where he just like fucking got the, the barricade ramped into his head over and over again and he just didn't go down. <laughs> Amazing. He's not phased at all. And I'd be on the floor after something like that. And he's just he's just like, yeah, I'll just punch Chris Brooks right through the barricade. Why not? I'm Higuchi, I can. 
Right, this is my thing with Higuchi. And I know we, this isn't brand new, but we weren't here last month with all the three of us. He looks like Tomohiro Ishii now. <laughs> he's, he's cut his hair off and he looks like Ishii. And I don't know how to feel about <laughs> Ishii it. Ishii was cool. Yes. Yeah, he, he's, not a, he's not as compact as Ishii. But... No, he's like a stretched out Tomohiro Ishii. <laughs> That's the title for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, not to take away from the match, because the match, like you both said there, um, was absolutely fantastic. And it was such a brutal match. And like with the, the two semifinals before it in the show were quite short, and they had that physicality, but not to the extent that this match did. And it thought the submissions that he... Brooks built them really nicely. He said with the um, with the gate, the barricade looking thing, um, hitting into Aguchi's arm towards the start. But then right at the end, that arm submission, it all like came around in like a nice circle. And he, he kept coming back to the arm submissions all the way throughout and um, like to combat that Higuchi with his, his like constant headbutts. The sequence of headbutts, there must have been 10, 15. And it was, <laughs> you see it. More often than not with Gucci, but every time you think, God, that must, like, that can't be good. Um, yeah, he does it again and again and again. And yeah. every single time, just, I can't help like but Like a metal head. <laughs> I hope he has a metal head, because otherwise, this man <laughs> <laughs> needs to have some thoughts about what he's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's such physicality in this match. And that's exactly what you wanted from a tournament final. And now, um, like you said, with his versatility as well. They had that submission stuff with Akiyama in the semi-final later on in the show. And I mean, he, I hope he wins the title when it comes around to his title match because he's the perfect sort of person for it. Mm. I mean, you you know, you know me. You know I'm Yuji Hino fan 99. You know, I'm, I will defend this man to the ends of the earth. But you know what? I'll, I, want, I want Chris Brooks to win as well. <laughs> I like it. I know it's like a consensus. It's, we all want Chris Brooks to win. Yeah, work. a rare consensus that involves something against a powerhouse. That's <laughs> we, we won't be having a consensus when we move on to Jake Lee later. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> yeah, probably if, not. If you've come here for arguments, just wait while we get to Jake Lee. That's <laughs> <laughs> always the place to go. Um, oh, yeah, but not as not only this, um, that final. Uh, the final match, but I think it was overall as a tournament. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I watched all the tournament matches from it. Um, and the one I have to pick out, including the semi-finals, everything was Higuchi. We've mentioned against uh, Okatani from the second round. Um, it was the main event of the like the second round uh, matches. We've all the show with all the second round matches on it. Uh, and like we've said about the Chris Brooks match, it was just really physical, and that one was like a battle of chops and strikes, as opposed to the submissions and headbutts of the uh, the final itself. But yeah, Higuchi keeps delivering. Okatani's the one who keeps delivering. And Chris Brooks as well, like we've said, he just keeps delivering in DDT. But uh, not only that tournament final did, even if you have the chance to watch the death match, I guess, between Okatani and Katsumata. I only watched the semis and final. Uh. Yeah, and, and me either. Like I, I had to watch the finals like while I was eating breakfast. <laughs> I did not have time. But I, but I did see uh, the lead up <laughs> in, in which Shima said that um, since Okatani had never been pierced before, he would be the first man to do it because fucking DDT man. 
I mean, they definitely went for it. There was more staples than like a bloody stapler in this match, and there was it was ridiculous, really. I thought it was the finish really let me down. I'll just I won't take too long on it, but there was um, it was just a rolled up finish. But I guess it makes sense today, knowing that uh, Katsumata was injured, so maybe they cut it short at the end. Um, but yeah, some great space. It's, it's about 15 minutes, but if it's if you want like a wacky death match, it's definitely the match to watch. Um, lots of staples and um, the chopsticks in the head and all that sort of thing, and a barbed wire board and uh, the whole nine yards, really. So it was um, a good death match. Um, only DDT could make chopsticks in the head and staples into a wacky death match. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of a kind, you have to say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we'll move on now to, uh, I'm sure, something we'll all agree on. The majestic, uh, the Noah Majestic main event from the 4th of May. Jake Lee defending his title successfully against Marafuji. And uh, I'll let you start, Ben. What did you think uh, of this title defence for Jake Lee? Hold on here. This is, this is going to be shocking. Uh, I enjoyed it. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Start the podcast. That is the most dramatic thing ever. Not EastEnders. It's that dramatic. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts first because I, I can see issues with it. it's a Jake Lee match. There are issues. He's not perfect, but <laughs> you know when you sort of get that character that like you 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 are aware they are deeply flawed, but they're also your special character. So I will just not listen to the criticism. <laughs> it's just wrong. <laughs> yes, he has his flaws, but he's special to me. And so his flaws don't actually matter, I'm afraid, Jamie. <laughs> I mean, it was, in last month's podcast, it was like, I had someone to agree with me on the Jake Lee slander, and it was, it was I mean... glorious. I don't know if you got around to I don't know if you wanted to listen to it, Ben, to because it's 10 minutes from that, didn't they? Yeah, I was making my lunch and then I started hearing all of this from Waffle and I was like, oh, I can't, I can't be dealing with this. What is... I go away for one month and we start... Suddenly there's... We do have a consensus and it's the wrong one. I've... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not right. Yeah, I'd say I'm probably the bridge between you two and this. I felt like the match was all right. Uh, I liked uh, Mao Fuji had a lot of pretty cool spots, and I really liked how like into him the crowd was. Like they were really rooting for him to win, and uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, this is okay. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing special, but yeah. To be honest, I think the fairest um, look, way to look at that match, I think it's probably the most accurate. But it's also not my opinion, so it's wrong. <laughs> I think I'm with Kate for It wasn't. I didn't hate it like I did the Kiyomiya match when he won the title, but this it was it was just fine. I thought it was like my um my take on it. But it was a bit I did enjoy that it started off quite slow and built to like a fast paced finish with all the um the counters and the reversals towards the end. Um and there was big spots definitely delivered with was it like a like a sliced bread sort of thing on the outside with Marafuji jumping off the apron? Um that was wild. That sort of thing was mm-hmm. it. That's what makes it stand out and makes it feel like a mm. spectacle. But then it's a little bit of a drag in between some of those. But it's it, fine, but nothing to knock your socks off. I don't think. I think that's a fair assessment. It's, I mean, you know, the sort that um, 
that structure you've outlined is very much a, a very Jake Lee thing. You know, they do often go quite slow at the start and then, you know, you will get a bit more of a pickup at the end as you build towards some kind of climax. It's never, it's rare that you get something totally stagnant and then the end is stagnant as well. He will at yeah. least wake up for that bit. But <laughs> I, d I did notice you said um, last month, you and Scott were saying that, you know, it could kind of be a Jake Lee match or a Marafuji match. And probably the Marafuji match would be better than the Jake Lee match. And it did feel a bit more of a Marafuji match. I mean, it still had, like I said, it does still have those characteristics of a Jake Lee match. But a lot of the bit when it was going and it was awake that it was it was very Marafuji. He was doing a lot. He did push a lot of the action in the match. So it was definitely very a very good showing from him. But I've, I did think Jake Lee um, met that standard that Marafuji was setting quite well. And the ending was, you know, it's it's great when you have an intense ending. That's one of that's very important to me in a match. So them delivering that quite well, I did like, even though it did kind of feel like Marafuji did a lot. Jake Lee kept kicking out of it. And then he kind of was like, oh, here we go. I've got it in the end. But again, he's my special character. <laughs> this criticism is not important. Yeah, I, I, I sort of agree with it really, because it, it had the it had the Jake Lee structure, but the Marafuji spots and like flow. Mm. Um, so it was, I guess, it was kind of rather than doing one of them type of matches, it was like a fusion of the two. But yeah, um, it, it's the main event of a of a Ryugoku show, and you, maybe you think it should it be more. I don't yeah. know. If that's just me, sort of like complaining but i don't i feel like maybe it's it's good but is good enough for what it should be as a ghc heavyweight title match yeah <laughs> it is probably like partially just also kind of i guess limited uh in terms of you know the wrestlers i guess uh in terms of what we got i'm, I'm sort of fine with it but in terms of like if we had different competitors or like a different mix of whatever, could it have been more right? That's uh, that's the question. I mean, I'm happy with it. I can, <laughs> but I can understand that maybe you might want more given the venue. But I think, yeah, it was good. At the end of the day, I'm 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 going to look at this positively. That maybe yeah, maybe it could have been more, but I think what we did get is. Is enough to be happy with. Yeah, I mean, he's got. Uh, I think it's Segura next, isn't it? His next title defense. I think um, so, yeah. Next month, and I mean, I'm just hoping Segura like just kicks the absolute hell out of him, and that <laughs> hopefully like kicks some energy into him, a bit of life, and because um, I think he's if Segura goes, a lot of the big names, isn't he? He's yeah, just, they're, they're really going for it. Aren't there's they? no, there's no like Masato Tanaka match just sitting in there. It's like he's. He's got, got Kaito Nakajima, Marafuji, and now Segura. And, you know, there's big names he hasn't gone to yet as well. So, mm. even, even though they just don't have enough people, you know, enough people like, oh, yeah, we can trust them with the main <laughs> event. But I don't I don't think it is. Like I say, you can't, they're, they're not afraid of doing filler title matches. So the fact that he oh, is... Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he is getting... You know these big names is 
I think it's a sign that they are putting, they are interested in this run for him. They do have some kind of faith in him, maybe, or they're yeah. they're at least wanting to get as much out of him as they can. I guess you can look at it two ways. I, th- I think you're probably right, Manchester. But to like to devil's advocate, you could say they're putting the better, the biggest guys on the card with him because they don't trust him to have a. A, a great match, but I don't know. Just as like you know, what I mean? but, is that, that? I think that's a bit probably a bit harsher. I think you're probably right. They're, they're, they're giving I can't him... like that thought had crossed my mind, but m- no, maybe right, I'm in so denial. But... <laughs> but I thought it was like because they give Nakajima like Billy Nell mates off the street for a title match, like the odd month, don't they? But yeah. it's like um, it, I don't think it's a bad thing that he's getting all these big matches because it's when he's no excuses if he. If he if he hasn't proved himself to be at the top level and people aren't getting on board, mm. then he's own, he's got no one to blame really because he's been given enough. He's given all the big guys, and it's it'd be interesting to see who he eventually drops the title to or how long he keeps yeah. the title for. I think with the um the, his opponents thing, I think if it was a case of him kind of need, <laughs> needing opponents that lift him up a bit, then you kind of would have to just ask, what's the point? I think would would they actually bother if they had to do that? It, if it's like we have to just give him our absolute best work, surely it would make. I mean, this is Noah, so we can't really operate on what would make more sense. <laughs> but it would make more sense to just give the belt to someone else if you were doing that. Yeah. So I think no, it does. Think, it does yeah. feel like they do have faith in him to show because you know he is someone who's had who is supposed to be a main eventer he was in all japan he is now in noah so it, it does show that they are putting him on that level still and they're doing what they can to make sure he is established at that point and will remain there as his um time in noah carries on yeah. even after he lost the belt uh i imagine given how this will establish him in the promotion yeah, I mean, realistically, they've got to have, they've got to have a lot of trust in him to give him the title on his way in, like the way Ooh. into the promotion. Um, yeah, you know, he's been around for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, so I think they've there's definitely a level of trust there, and they seem to be pushing him as far as they can and sort of see where it it goes uh, with it. But the, the fans seem to be behind him. There was a bit of chanting after his after where he did his um, post match speech. Um, the, so the fans in the arena seem to be enjoying him. Um, you know, I do find he interacts time. well with fans, like physically in the venue. I do. I feel like a lot of the time, the a lot a lot of the criticism be coming from us watching at home on our screens, whereas like the people in the venue, he does often seem to connect with quite well, either either as a heel or a face. So I do, I think that's a strength of his for is. You know, you're not going to grow your international audience in that way, but you know, you're going to put on a better show in a venue with someone who can do that. So that's that's a strength, at least. Yeah, I think he's definitely got that down. He said people do seem to like him domestically. And maybe it was like, maybe that was like the it's the old Sonada argument, wasn't it? It's was like no one uh, abroad like that had really liked Sonada, but the Japanese mm. audience loved him. I, I know it's different now with Sonada. Um, but maybe it seems to be that sort of argument with Jet Lee. But he's got the title and he's putting on all right matches um, in big spots. So, I mean, it, yeah, you he, could, he Noah like can a, definitely call it a success. 
yeah, he feels like a strong champion as well. I was, watch, I was like watching his entrance and the way they kind of, you know, I mean, it's no, it's nothing new to say Noah has good production value, but you know the way he did come out with his, you know, some like especially in all Japan, his presentation often felt a bit clownish. Whereas at, at least there's like just this split moment where he's got the light behind him. He's he's still in the same he's in the same outfit. I mean, he doesn't have a silly helmet any, on anymore. Yeah, that but, was you know, stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> but not much <laughs> has changed. He is still kind of Darth Jake, but mm. it's still. But they managed to present it in a way that it kind of looked better than it did in all Japan at the very least. So, if that's one thing Noah can do, it's the production, isn't it? They've got Absolutely. they've got that down, haven't they? They they can make you look a million bucks if they want to, and and. I feel like they had done that with Jake Lee's presentation here, which is something he did kind of need, especially after that, <laughs> when in all Japan, he looked the same, but it just felt so silly and so cartoonish. <laughs> he feels he feels a little bit less cartoonish now, at the very least. Yeah, and you mentioned um, all Japan there. That's our next portal. Um, on the podcast, their champions. Another Carnival. fantastic segue, Jamie. How do Thank you? Thank <laughs> you. I've lots of practice. You see, that's what it is. It's it's getting better. Remember the first month? It was like the worst. I can't remember what I said, but it was like the worst segue oh. in history. Oh I, yeah, that's I don't know what I said. It was brain. awful. Yeah, it was something along the lines of. Um, I think we we're, we're talking about. Was it Mao? I think it was Mao. <laughs> Probably. And, and he just yeah, somehow linked him. To something entirely unrelated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember it was like, you know what, Mao doesn't make better or didn't make better. Yes, that's <laughs> it. it was awful, wasn't it? It was it was awful in a way that it become has become so good. And I think <laughs> the boldness to go with that as well. Yeah. Just, <laughs> And, and somehow people still listen after that start. <laughs> we still got people listening to it. Somehow, nearly a year later, we're still here. Uh, yeah, so we had um, the Champions Carnival tournament, and um, we'll do our overall thoughts of the tournament in a minute, but we'll start uh, with the end of the tournament, the final, uh, with T-Hawk losing uh, to Shitaro Ashino. And uh, we'll talk about the match itself. I thought this was... Fantastic. I really love this match. Um, Ishino's ankle lock is just amazing. I, mean, I know the ankle lock, sometimes it can look a bit silly, but Ishino just makes it look amazing. He's, I think he's one of the best I've seen. Um, and T-Hawk's selling continues to be a highlight of all these matches. Um, it was just really good. A really hard hitting down the uh, towards the end. It was proper dramatic and tense. Um, and it's exactly what you want from a big tournament final for Japan. Yeah, I thought this was a, a pretty decent um, final. I was, I was a bit. I was talking about it earlier uh, in the month, and I was a bit iffy on it. But the more I think about it, the more I started. Uh, yeah, this was really good. And like, like what you say with the um, ankle lock, I think it's one that's pretty good for Ashino because he's not a big guy. Like, well, like he's. He's pretty stocky, but he is a small guy. I think, like, if he was like huge, huge, you know, if Cyrus was doing an ankle lock, that would look quite silly. But I think it works quite well for him, and it suits him quite nicely. And um, like, as a choice for a final as well, fantastic. Because given the lineup, 
on that show, it could have very easily have just been another all Japan thing. Or like, oh wow, Kento and Suwama in the final. Who could have yeah. seen that coming? But they just it's kind of like almost totally out of left field. Like we were just like, yeah, T Hawk and Ashino. I, I I never saw that coming. And that's what they went with. And I think you know, you do have to commend the promotion when they do give mm. you, you know, kind of what what you want, but not expect. You know, it's one of those things that like, yeah, that would be a cool final. They'd never do it. But then they have actually done it. And it also delivered as well, which is something that's very important to note. Because, you know, if you run a final that is this, but I mean, T-Hawk is a G-Rex champion. So, it, you know, he is being protected. So it's understandable that he would get to the final. But again, he has done that over Kento Miyahara. So, yeah, it's, it's good that they have t- gone with this left field option. And it has actually lived up to what you'd want as a final. So that's something they should definitely be applauded for. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I remember we talked about it last month with Scott and he asked me who I thought was going to win. And I said, I think I've said everyone but Ashino because <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've spent three years saying, I want Ashino to win. I want Ashino to win. And I've, like, I've got to the point like this year where I thought, well, it's just not going to happen. It'll be Miyahara. Mm. It is what it is. And then they did it. And I was I, I was really delighted about it. And like the final, like you said, I think it's definitely something they need new stars. With Jake Lee moving on, mm. um, Suama's not getting any younger. They need um, new people to push into that main event scene. And it's exactly the place to do it is in a big tournament like the Champions Carnival. And they've got not... They've pushed a Shino further up the card and they've brought in... T-Hawk as well, and they've got two ready-made stars mm. there that they can push into that main event picture. Um, I know it's a, it's a real, real shame that Ashino has picked up an injury in that match and can't go on for that uh, title match against Nagata because I was I was convinced he was going to win that. Um, yeah, it's it's a real shame. It really is, because especially like you say, you've been invested in him for so long, and he. He, he is someone you've kind of got to, it's probably not going to happen. And then he gets that chance and it's so heartbreaking that that's the moment that then he's off on it with injury again. It's just horrible timing and I feel so bad for him. But yeah, I mean, you can only hope that he's going to be able to hit the ground running when he gets back. I don't, I don't know when he gets back. I, I don't know where Old Japan will be. I'm still very much of a belief that especially now Ashino's out with an injury, but it will be Yuma that ends Nagata's reign, I think. It feels, you know, I'm, I'm, I am of the belief he will win that belt this year. So it just makes sense that he will be the guy to do it if, if Ashino won't. So, mm. you know, you, you sort of have to wonder what, what the promotion will be like when he gets back. But I do also have to say that you're entirely right with the point of making new stars, you know, I've, I've not been too blown away by this champion carnival, but with the departure of Jake Lee, I have stressed, it is an, very important that they build up their new talent. You know, you do, you have Kento, you have Aoyagi, you know, you can put Suwama in these positions, but like you say, he's not getting any younger. And then with this, you know, they've put Ashino in that position. Uh, Yuma Anzai has absolutely shown his worth and, you know, how good he's going to be in the next couple of years. And you, you know, he's going to be taking that climb up and getting up to that point 
um, soon uh, in again, yeah, next couple of years. Um, Ray Saito had a good showing at the young old age of 30 something. <laughs> um, but you know, he is still fresh and new at the very least. So, you know, he's had a good showing and it's, it is showing that they are putting stock into their future. They're not just sitting, they're not sitting on their hands and just sticking with what they've always done and what they know works. They are building and they are thinking forward and not just in the now, which can often be a really big problem for a promotion like All Japan. As you saw, like last year with Suwama and winning the belt, and it, you know that felt very short term. And I know for for a lot of people, myself included, that took a lot of a wind out of the sails for the absolute hype train that All Japan had been on. And given how good they've been so far this year, it's it feels like they're probably not going to be. Make, they're maybe not going to be making that same mistake this year round. They're gonna, they are working hard to make to think towards their future and actually build something and go somewhere rather than just sort of stagnate a little, which they can tend to do on occasion. Yeah, I think that's it with all Japan and that they've they've got the tools at their disposal now. I mean, you've mentioned Ooh. a few there, but also like Takuya Nomura, who they've shown in high spots. Um, as well, and he's the sort of person that they can push to that main event picture. And like, there's a lot of people like nearly there, like with uh Ryuki Honda as well, is another one that I'm mm. a big fan of, absolutely. Then, but there's like that core of the main event, and it was me, well, it still is Miyahara, Ayoagi, and Suama, and then it was mm. Jake Lee. There was the four of them, yeah. And when Jake Lee left, they, they've took their time to replace Jake Lee, and I'm hoping now that. I mean, it looked like it was going to be Ashino, but hopefully when he comes back from injury, Ashino is put into that and they can sort of fade out Suama, move him down a little bit. Because, I mean, on him in particular in this tournament, his, he had a match with um, Manu Soira, I remember, and they just had a brawl around the arena. And it was amazing. Yeah. It was so much fun because it was just two big fellas just knocking the hell out of each other. And he got a fan off this young lady in the crowd <laughs> and hit Manu Soira with it. And you think it's just good fun. And that's what Suama can be doing. It's like low risk mm. and it's a phone, you get a, it's a big name. He's still a big name in um Japanese wrestling. Get him on the on the card uh and just have a fun match like that. And that's where he should be now. And they can recycle the new guys into that main event scene. And yeah. T Hawk is another one they could do it with, I think, as well. But Ashino is the main candidate. Yeah, the thing with Suwama is he really doesn't need to be doing all that anymore. Like, he does just thrive, like you say, in just this spot where you just, you put him in, he gives you something good, but, you know, you don't need him to be doing, oh, I'm Bruno Murder's big arch villain man, I'm going to be in all your main events. He, you know, it's it's much better when he just, you know, he comes in for his big match or whatever, he'll come out, give you a good show, just do good Suwama stuff, good fun, and then you don't need him to be a main event player anymore. And like you say, you have Ashino who should step in, but I think you can also expand expand that further because when um, when Naoya Nomura comes back, he can step into that quite nicely. Yuma Anzai will be in there soon as well, and you can expand it more as well. And they they will have extra talent that they can use in these positions, as well as also bringing in outsiders like uh, Takuya Nomura and T Hawk as well. So they're putting themselves in a good position, I think. It's a shame that they can't 
fully capitalize on that hype of Ashino winning because of his injury, but you know, that can't be helped. You know, if if we could stop people having injuries, then we would, but we can't. So that's you know, that's just an unfortunate lack of a die roll of the dice. They are just they are making the most of what they've got going forward, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think it's you can put a lot of faith in uh, all Japan at the minute, I think, and hopefully they like pull through on that and do deliver with those younger stars being pushed to the top um, of the card. And they, they've got they've got more than one or two people they can do that with. So hopefully they mm. do follow through on that. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention on the tournament, you said it yourself a minute ago with it not blowing you away. Um, I'm big into like star ratings for wrestling and with like the grapple app. Um, I was worth mm. mentioning like a side note that uh, the grapple apps no more, but that was fantastic when it was around and cage match and that sort of thing as well. Um, and this, not apart from the tournament final, which we talked about there, nothing from this tournament sort of like blew you away and delivered on like a, a match, like a star rating, match quality sort of level. But I don't think all I don't think that's what all Japan's there for in a way. I think it's at this time anyway, because they've got the new stars building up and. I think in future, in a couple of years' time, maybe with those newer stars mm. coming through, they can. Oh, and that Yuma Ayawagi match at the very start. So, um, mm. but the sort of the middle bit of the tournament was very like lackluster in terms of great matches. But it was just they were just fun, enjoyable watches, and I think that's the that's what all Japan is really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not a I'm I don't do star ratings myself. It's it's not my thing. But you know, everyone has their different relationships to wrestling. I think. Part of the issue with me and the kind of being underwhelmed with the tournament is I did expect a lot seeing the lineup. There was like, there was a few matches here and there that I did think under-delivered. And, you know, you do kind of get to a point where, especially when you're watching all of it, that, you know, when you're watching a Yoshitatsu match in front of like 200 people or whatever, you you do sometimes just get the thought like, why am I here? Yeah. Why am I bothering with this? I mean, what? I don't think I'd watch a Yoshi Tatsu match in two hundred thousand people anymore. Mm. I, 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 I was really like pick and choose you with this tournament. I mean, obviously, it's you've got that bigger investment with all Japan, haven't you? But I mean, for me, it was I went in and picked out the matches and the people I wanted to see. Like I watched a lot of the Ishino matches, a lot of the Swarma matches with like the big guys, like Manuel Saw, like I said earlier, and Miyaharu and Ayuagi and that sort of thing. Did you watch the Shuji Ishikawa match? against Suama. Yeah. Yes, I did. And what did you think of that? I quite like, I think, I don't, I mean, it's not exactly ingrained on my mind, but I remember liking it at the time. Uh, I'll see if I can find myself okay. about it. Right? Did you? Uh, so I'll let you say what you think about it and I'll say. Oh, no, I, I did not like that match at all. That was awful. That was, that was just, it was dull. Nothing happened. And then when they did this stuff, it was clunky and yeah, no, I, I didn't like that at all, and I think I've... that was part of my issue. Is I did have a lot of like a match like that when you when you know you do have a lot of Yoshitatsu and Jun Saito matches that are just kind of like okay, whatever. But when you do get a match that you are excited for and you're not delivering on it like they could have, and you know they both have it in them, it was it you know that match for me kind of did sum up a lot of my experience of the Champion Carnival. Of it, as I was just kind of like ah. Oh. 
that's a sh- it's bad enough when the Yoshitatsu matches are something I have to watch. <laughs> but when the matches I actually want to watch aren't delivering either, that was that was a shame. Yeah, I've just had a little track back actually. Maybe it says something that I I don't remember it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I said at the, in my notes, I said it was dull. But the brawling was fun, so I, I think I don't, be honest, yeah. I don't remember it. I mean, it's sort of one of those things was that even though I've not watched all these Champion kind of matches, they sort of merge into one. Apart from like the two or three that really stood out. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, I you don't get, you get your standouts, match. but the rest yeah. of it was very just there. I, um, yeah. I remember yeah. the Suwama Soya match because I really liked it, and then that match it just it happened. Mm. At, my eyes were on the screen while I watched it. But yeah, that's about as much as I can say of it, really. But um, yeah, and it it happened. Up, it was I think it was the show after the Soya match as well. So it was just like uh, it was. Yeah, that was just the such day a after. Step down. The day after. Come on. But there were some good. I thought like Miyahara, T Hawk. Um, Ayawagi Kojima, that sort of thing. That those matches Ooh. really stood out for me, and I thought Honda as well, just to pick him out. Oh, had yeah. a good tournament. Absolutely, he had a great tournament. Like, and yeah, there are very good. Like the, the the high points were high. There were good matches to come out of it. I think just generally, though, it felt it felt below what I know they're capable of, and mm. what you would hope that they were doing, especially given how good the future's looking how good the year has been so far, it sort of felt like a bit of a dip in the standard that I'd hope to see. Yeah, so it is, we've talked a lot a bit there about the tournament as like a hold in the match. And I think it's been, overall, it's sort of, it was good, but not as good as you'd hoped, or maybe it wasn't. Mm. It was sort of all right. It's probably the best. Absolutely. Way it was It was all right. It was fine. I, I just hoped for a bit more. But yeah, features were good for all Japan. Yeah, I do think they'll kick on now. They've really got sort of the wind in their sails with all these new guys coming through. So in a few months' mm-hmm. time, maybe they'll be uh, better again. And next year, we'll be talking in more glowing praise about the Chinese Carnival. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so next on the agenda is the Dead or Alive uh, main event and the show in general from Dragon Gate on yes. the 5th of May. Uh, Kay, you're ready already. It was Skywalker <laughs> defending his title against, and hopefully, I don't butcher the name, Madoka Kukuta? <laughs> Madoka Kikuta. Okay. Uh, well, that was the main <laughs> I was nowhere near, was I, to be honest. I'm like, I, the net was in front of me, and I've kicked it to the corner flag we were trying to pronounce the name. Now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't watch a lot of DD, uh, Dragon Gate, but I watched this match, I really, really enjoyed it, I have to say. Yeah, it was a great match. I think I also, like, have you seen uh, the previous Dreamgate match? No, I think, I'll be honest with you, I think this is the first time I've seen uh, seen him wrestle. Obviously, I've seen Sean Skywalker before, but I think it's the first time I've seen him, and I was quite impressed. Okay, um, yeah, the like the part of the context for this title match is um, Madoka Kikta has had his first title match very early into his career, I think like less than a year against Chun. Um, and back at the time, right, he was the hero and Chun was the baby face. Um, and it was like, it was a disaster. Like I think less than two minutes, uh, the, he fell badly uh, on a drop toe hold and he got injured uh, and was out for a year. Um, it was, it was bad. Uh, and basically like the way you know, the, the build-up to this match was Shun basically saying, like, you're not ready, right? Like, it's just going to happen the same way again. 
and basically making him sort of go through a variety of trials uh, to prove that he was ready. But, you know, in secretly, it was to basically break him down physically and mentally. So, you know, he, he'd lose. <laughs> like he had him... <laughs> he had him like get beaten up by three people at once. He had him fight his own faction mates. Um, he had him make like, a team with Shun, and, and Shun kept like accidentally hitting him and then like <laughs> pantomiming, like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> Every single time. Shun's <laughs> um, so um, lovely, isn't he? <laughs> just a wonderful person. <laughs> <laughs> Like I mean, as he as he says, he's a, he's a superhero, right? Like perfect technical baby face. Uh, <laughs> 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 he actually says that in interviews. Like, how dare you call him a hero? That sounds very shun. Actually, I I completely believe that. That's definitely something I can see him doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in this match, right? He he sort of rehashed that match. Like, there's there's a spot in this match where he does the drop toe hold again. And after that, it's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> uh, and it was like, <laughs> like a big sort of heel heat spot uh, in this match. It's really like awesome that they, that they really called back to this match. But yeah, like Kikta fought his way through all the, you know, trials pre-match and in this match also proved himself. And while he was at it, broke Shun's record as the youngest open the Dreamgate champion, like Sean was 24 when he won it, uh, Kikta is 23. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Dreamgate definitely, you know, proving their reputation with regards to pushing young wrestlers very early. Techno, it's all Japan, eh? Uh, excuse me, <laughs> um, Ray Saito is 36. Don't, 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 don't be slamming my young stars here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so for myself, like I said, I really enjoyed it. And I thought... It wasn't the longest main event, but I guess Dragon Gate didn't really do that. It was very fast-paced and intense, and um, I felt like they sort of sprinkled in submission uh, work like all the way through, and uh, mm-hmm. Kikta was... I thought it was very nice, uh, very well done with that. Um, and Shun Skywalker wrestles, I think it's like... It's really, like, mesmerising in a way, because he's so dominating in how he wrestles, and he's sort of... Even... I don't think it really matters who he's up against, because he's, like, the way he commands himself in the ring, he just... He's just like sort of like a dominating presence in a match, and the way he um, controls it, um, and I thought that played into it really nicely here. And uh, with the backstory as well, I wasn't aware of that, um, but I still enjoyed the match, and that's sort of like a nice sign. I think that I don't know the context, but I can still recognise that it was a good match, and I still had a good time watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I, I'm starting to notice that um, Sean Skywalker's matches get a lot. I mean, they're good anyway, but they seem to be getting a lot better when you know the law behind them. I was, who would have ever <laughs> thought that would be the case? <laughs> I, I don't really imagine. I, I do also just want to point out that I did. I pretty much agree with Jamie on the things he has said. I, I did find this match very far. I was a bit surprised by the result. I mean, I'm very. I'm pretty much non-existent on social media at the moment, so I haven't really, I, I wasn't really sure what the feeling was before and after this match, but that sort of, you know, I mean, I was enjoying the match, but that made me really sit up in my seat. I didn't quite see that coming. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know if you can shed any more light on that, but that was, <laughs> that surprised me. Yeah, one thing with Dragon Gate is like, 
even the the super long time fans like have a very bad track record of predicting what they're gonna do because like it's <laughs> Dragon Gate has very strong lucha influences and that's very much seen in the booking like they they do weird shit all the time but <laughs> with this match I think it's it was sort of half half right because like on the one hand Shun's reign had not been very long this was only his like I mean it it had been several months right but this was only his second defense so a lot of people were like ah yeah. oh, he should probably keep it longer and then maybe defend against KZ uh, at Cobra World but at the same time right they had this massive build-up with all these trials that Kikta had to go through and like maybe it would be a bit anticlimactic if he didn't win the title after all of that uh, so he could also have won so people were like ah it could it could go either way but it was it was very intense like the the ending stretch especially I, I watched it in graphic design class <laughs> and I, I had to try so hard not to like jump up in my seat <laughs> Yeah, I think Shun Skywalker is one of them where he's like, no matter who he's in the ring with, he always seems to impress me. And um as well in this match, like I said, about his like the way he wrestles. I mean he's just like there's not many people that can wear a mask and you can still see like their emotion and uh how they're feeling and that sort of thing during a match. And he's got that nailed and yeah, there's the drama of it for me. Even not knowing the backstory, like that closing stretch, I was on the edge of my seat think like wondering what was gonna who was going to win and that sort of thing. And it was, um, that's all you can really ask for, I think, from a wrestling match. Absolutely. I think also right, the submissions you mentioned, like in the in the original match, they didn't have it end on like a referee stoppage. But like when he, after he got the shoulder injury, he got back in and uh, Shun did, right, like did submission work on the shoulders. And those are the submissions he also used in this match, right? Those, uh, those you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> the ones with which like, back then he forced him to give up. That's ah, uh, and you know after after that match back then, Kikta tweeted out, "I'll never forget this my whole life, you bastard." <laughs> <laughs> so are, are they like long term rivals then, the two of them? In that sense, right? Um, they they weren't originally like in the build up to that match. Right, Kikta's quite a bit. I mean, he's not that much younger. He's um, I think Shun is like 26, about to be 27 right now. So uh, he's like four years older, but they are a bit apart. Uh, and originally, right, Kikta only got that match as like, you know, random title defense um, because it was his faction that was feuding with Shun's faction. Um, but ever since that match, uh, you know, he, Shun has a lot of enemies. Like he has a, he has a lot of mortal <laughs> enemies. <laughs> After, after this match, uh, Kikta sort of declared the new big six of Dragon Gate, um, which, you know, Shun, him, um, Minora, um, Yoshioka, uh, and Strong Machine J. Uh, and... <laughs> oh, and Ben K. I'm sorry, Ben K. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, if you look at the big six, aside from Shun, he has, like, a horrible rivalry with every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> And then a couple of guys who are not in there. So. He's got a lot of targets on his back, that show, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know why he has such a hard time making friends. It's, it's weird. You, you think he'd have the opposite, really. He's such a nice person who yeah. you know, is so kind to the rest of the roster. But it's, it's a wonder that so many people don't like him. <laughs> and speaking of 
another person that shown real is really kind to and has always shown nothing but love to uh, Jason Lee also. These good segues are contagious. <laughs> <laughs> The second we started that one, I knew we were going to Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, had also also had the title defense uh, against Dragon Dyer in their first singles match ever, actually, uh, which was very nice. Like it was a pretty short match, but it was also incredibly intense. Like there was a the finishing stretch. I, I don't know if you the the gif has been going around on social media of the of the finisher. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but like in the final stretch, right. Uh, Jason does his maximum driver, which is like normally like his big finisher, and it fails. And I was like, Jesus Christ, is he gonna lose the title? And um, and but then like he goes up and on the turnbuckle, and he does a fucking. He calls it the Hong Kong tornado, uh, and it's it sort of like corkscrew like uh, it like set up like a moonsault, and then he sort of corkscrews backwards uh, uh, on top of him, and it's like I I lost my mind. <laughs> It was, it was so good. Um, I mean, the match, again, like maybe they could have like a, a slightly longer match at a different time, but it was high speed. It was awesome. I, I really loved that one. And like, unfortunately, usually on Dead or Alive, um, there's a cage match with some sort of like really intense stipulation, right? Like the pretty well-known one is the 2019 one where it's like if the, the guy who loses has to kick out a guy out of his faction. Mm. And um, we didn't have one this year. We didn't have one last year either, but we had a main event with an intense stipulation that time. So I'm hoping that they might bring that back at some point. Like they, they said, right, they don't want to do something that, uh, you know, that risky to their wrestlers' health if, they, if the storylines aren't there. So I, I totally understand that. But it would be awesome if we, you know, got the number one next year. Yeah, I mean, you do kind of run a risk with something like that, of it just becoming there because that's what you do. I mean, you, if you look at something like Hell in a Cell, you know, that's very much, they just do that because we have the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, so we need to do a Hell in a Cell match. And, like, the quality of that match has fallen off a cliff. And <laughs> the general interest in it has fallen off a cliff. And it's never, it, it's rarely important to the actual storyline. So I do... You know, it you know, it does sound like a fun stipulation and you know it's always nice to have big and important stipulations to matches, but I do you know it is good that they are kind of if you want to look at it in a positive light, it is good they're showing that when the, if they don't need to, they won't do it. Cause you know, mm -hmm. it's very easy to just go, Well, this is what we do, so we'll just do it. But you know, if if it makes no sense, then what's the point? Like you're much better off saving it for another time when it does make sense and then it will be more effective as a result of doing that yeah absolutely i definitely think they they need to do uh zebra versus natural vibes one at some point if natural vibes survives that long i'm i'm praying <laughs> please i like natural vibes i don't, I don't want them yeah i know they like breaking up their factions but can, 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 yeah, can this one be safe please can, can yeah, we maybe exempt it's just it's like they're, they're like four years old at this point and like for a Dragon Gate faction that's like natural vibes is basically a grandpa by Dragon Gate faction standards. <laughs> for for no that that's that's a baby, isn't it for <laughs> <you>? <laughs>
I love how they're the grandpa faction as well, given that they're the ones who come out with the high energy dancing and <laughs> just going crazy all the time. So it, that's that's nice. But yeah, I'd like I'd like to see them hang around if for no other reason than my own selfish family. <laughs> but like yeah, a, a, a thing between Zebrats and Natural Vibes mm-hmm. would be a nice way to you know use a stipulation. And I mean, if you really want Natural Vibes to die, hey. Maybe you can use that as part. Yeah, of that. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, so... but you should. <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, I'm probably gonna go to Japan in December, and I'd really love for natural vibes <laughs> to still be there at that point. Oh, <laughs> no, they're gonna go just before you go. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, they they also had a, like a pretty good triangle mat, gate match at the time, and um, of course, I I don't you know if you know this, but uh, Kino uh, and um, Shinji Kono are currently the twin gate champions, uh, so they also they also had a title defense. It was a it was a minor one, right? Like one of the guys mm-hmm. they were defending against Ishin is like just barely out of being a rookie at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, even though even though he basically does look like Kai's thirty-year-old uh, cousin, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's also something I find kind of interesting, right? Because like that that way, um, the the Twin Gate titles are sort of halfway in Noah at this point, mm. uh, so it's kind of interesting what's going to happen with those. But yeah. That was, I think, the, the most important uh, stuff. It, w- it was a good pay-per-view, especially the main event. Like, if nothing else, watch the main event. It was a good match. Uh, and they, like, actually, like, if you watch if you watch the whole event, they play the uh, the original Shinkikita title match in the in the break. So you can also see that while you watch the event. Um, so, yeah, I, I highly recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, so if... Uh... I mean, I only watched the main event, like, but it was. It sounds like a great show further down as well. So hopefully, uh, in the future, I'll be able to watch a bit more than just the main event because they they do seem to be delivering constantly. Dragon Gate. I mean, I know you'll both will have um, more to say about that than me, but I, it does like from what I hear from uh, you both. It always it always sounds like if there's a big show, it delivers. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like they they do have sometimes. Um, Obviously, something you noticed with them, right? Their roster is a lot smaller than some things like, say, I don't know, AEW, New Japan, or something like that. So you do kind of kind of notice that like parts of the card are always just like you've got the obligatory match that all the comedy wrestlers are in, uh, something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think like overall they always have at least one really great match on every pay per view. So that's something I something I really appreciate. Yeah, I can't say I ever really feel disappointed by Dragon Gate. They generally, you know, often, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say I, I well, I wouldn't say I follow the promotion. <laughs> I, 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 I tried at the start of the year, but, you know, life goes in funny directions. But, you know, what, what I have seen of them is, you know, I'm often going out of my way to watch it. And so often it is coming with, a recommendation to watch something but even then like if i come for like one match and maybe watched a few more on the card you know they do deliver it's rare that i go home thinking mm, what was the point in that you know they generally 
at the very least will meet your expectations and more often than not perhaps give you something you're not expecting and actually exceed those expectations or even take them in a different route which is very refreshing for a wrestling promotion yeah absolutely I also definitely think, right, the fact that they have so many awesome like, young wrestlers is really good, a really good sign, as I always say. Like they, they, They've got a new one debuting uh, soon, and they're giving him Yamato as a debut opponent, so <laughs> you know he's going to be good. <laughs> it, it does feel like they just have an infinite supply of young young wrestlers to just... It, <laughs> every time I just like... I was not expecting you to suddenly just bring it, oh yeah, they've got a new one coming out now. I mean, of course they do, it's Dragon Ball, <laughs> why wouldn't they? But I just, they never, they don't seem to stop. <laughs> yeah, their the, the dojo is really tough. Like this year, they only had one who actually managed it through the entire training. But uh, but it's apparently really good, right? It, it takes like two years and then they've got a new awesome class out. <laughs> Fantastic. Um... Yeah, so finally, the only thing uh, left to talk about this month uh, is New Japan's Best of Super Juniors. And uh, as a pure podcast, we've definitely all seen the Best of Super Juniors. <laughs> yes, definitely. I, I, I saw some gifts from uh, El Desperado and you, and if you think about it, that's basically the same as watching it. <laughs> I've well, looked at the lineup. Well, that is also basically do. the same as watching it. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I won't spend all day on it, but we've, I'm just going to pick out a few matches. And um, Kay said there about Yo versus El Desperado. That was a very good match worth watching from the 17th of May. Um, yeah, it was great that. There was um, lots of arm work, um, so leg work, sorry. I'm more confused. Legs, arms, what's the difference um, <laughs> in that match? Uh, Legs are really just the arms of the lower body, if you think yeah. about it. <laughs> Uh, yes, that was one uh, worth picking out in the day after Kushida uh, against Hiromu Takahashi and they uh, had a brawl all around the arena and went outside onto this like grass parky bit outside the arena and like wrestled outdoors and hit um, Kushida got hit against this big truck. He was quite a WWE to be fair, but he was quite fun um, as well. Early on in the tournament, Hiromu Takahashi had a great match with Leo Rush as well. That was on the 14th of May. Uh, and as well against Mike Bailey on the 12th. And there's a theme you can see that Hiromu Takahashi has had another great tournament, as always. Um, another one who has a great tournament is Mike Bailey. His match against Gucci. Surpri- yeah, right. This was my big surprise of the tournament. It was on the 21st of May. Uh, Mike Bailey against Taguchi and already eliminated Taguchi. And I'm not joking, this was fantastic. It, Mike Bailey, um, his soul. So it was Taguchi was attacking his leg um, for the whole tournament, uh, for the whole tournament, for the whole match. Um, <laughs> God, I'm being mental. That, that, that is dedication there. <laughs> <laughs> Taguchi's just showing up every single match. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing it now, aren't I? I talk about this. Um, yeah, but it was all about uh, Mike Bailey's leg, and he was he was in an ankle lock all the way through. Um, and his knees in particular, because a lot of Mike Bailey's offence is uh, involving his knees. But that was really fantastic, I thought. Taguchi, one of the best best matches he's had of recent years. Uh, but the match of the tournament for me, and this is one that will go towards my match of the year list, really, is El Desperado against Francesco Akira. 
also from the 21st of May. Um, so there's only if you only want to watch one match from this tournament, make it that one. Because uh, I'd be surprised if the final even beats this one too, because it was mm. absolutely spectacular. Um, it was so I mean, dramatic. Just going off names, that's one yeah. that that would immediately jump. I mean, when I was looking at the lineup, they were kind of too. I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll check in on what they're doing at some point. But if if this is the one to check out, then yeah, it's, for me, it's it's, it's, it's a must-watch match. This one for me. Mm. Yeah, it was like Akira's baby face, like. Another talk about a lot of that fighting spirit and um, like babyface fire or whatever, but it was off the charts with Akira here. Though, like, for, it felt like about five minutes that he was in the numero dos with his arms wrapped as well, and he just wouldn't tap out or verbally submit. Mm. And TG, uh, TJP had a towel and he threw it in, and Akira caught it and threw it out of the ring. Um, and honestly, it was it's one of the best matches I've seen this year. Uh, it was and so like El Desperado just he was just attacked the leg the whole match, and he was like you could see towards the end he was like just tap out, mate. What are you doing? <laughs> just like you go in to die if you don't tap out. Was sort of like the look he had on his face, um, and he just kept going back to the numero dos, and like it looked because it looks quite painful anyway, just with the leg, but he, he had the arms wrapped. And he put his leg over one of his arms. So he was just like, it looked like he'd been folded in half around El Desperado. It was, the, <laughs> it was unbelievable. And I've seen a few pictures floating around of like the people who took during this match. And it, it looks as good as it was. Um, yeah, I mean, the praise can't be high enough for this match, I don't think. Um, it really blew me away. Um, and it, it, like, like you said, Ben, it's like when you see it on the card, you know, well, that will be good, but. Hmm. It even surpassed that for me. Yeah, uh, I mean, it sounds like it was good in ways that I possibly wouldn't have in mind as well. And either I, I, you know, I look at those and I think, oh, yeah, we're going to have some maybe some cool combinations, a few cool spots here and there. But to, that sounds quite brutal, really. So yeah, that's a nice dimension to it as well. But yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not someone who rewatches wrestling matches, but I'm definitely. I'm contemplating rewatching that because it was it was like mm. proper it was really emotional towards the end. I thought with that with just Akira refusing to tap out and um, El Desperado just just yanking on his leg and his arm and it, honestly it's just like the visuals of it is um, just spectacular and just how they worked with Akira being the baby face and like that like the spot I said with the towel of like the towel came in and he just picked it up and threw it away and it's like. Just that that sort of thing. It's just that's think, great wrestling melodrama, I know. isn't it? Like, it's fantastic, isn't it? Where else are you gonna get for that? <laughs> My man caught the towel as it was being thrown in. That is that's <laughs> that's I mean it's a bit silly, but if it's also like well no, it, it, it was it got thrown in and then he like picked it up. He didn't like he wasn't oh, okay. like in my mind this is just he's perfectly caught this in his hand and then no, just no. thrown it back. Okay. Well that no, makes a bit more sense, but still yeah, that's just great drama isn't it yeah definitely I, I think that's what you want in wrestling really yeah 100 percent. and it's that is the match to pick out um mm-hmm. for everybody who's not uh keeping up with the best of super G- and i don't blame you to be honest with you because it's it's been very full-on the best of super gin is like it's there's been like stretches of like four days in a row with a full a and b block card on each one so I've sort of been picking and choosing. I've watched about five or six a night, just picking off names. I've not watched. I think I've watched two show matches, 
and I'm glad I've only watched two show matches because I hated them both. Um, <laughs> and they were on like when I watched I watched a couple of shows live, so I obviously watched the show matches on them once. But it was, um, yeah, but in terms of like standouts, obviously like Leo Rush, Mike Bailey, Hiromu, uh, Robbie Eagles has been great value as well. Uh, there's been very no one has under delivered. I don't think this tournament apart from show. Uh, no one else has, not <laughs> <laughs> everyone's um, done their bit in the tournament. T Ann's been great as well. He's someone who sort of goes under the radar. Um, but in terms of who could progress, um, I, I was going to say who could progress to the final. By the time you've listened to this, the final would have been and gone. Um, <laughs> so I, I'll just say this and hope I'm right. I think Elder Sparado is going to win. So. Yeah, if anymore, just gonna make it Hiromo again. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like it. They've, they've built other people up around Hiromo, so hopefully they. And it, it seems destined that Hiromo is going to move up to the heavyweights anyway. But we've said that for about four years. So. <laughs> we um, have all best of super juniors to win, Jamie. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> is it? Is it? Would it be three or four in a row if you won this one? I can't. I think it's four. Has he won three on the trials? Now, Elder Sparado hasn't won a best of super juniors. I don't think so. He was. I think no. that's sort of the big story they've been working in. Um, it, it feels overdue. I think definitely. <laughs> yeah. Elder Sparado to win. And if by next week he hasn't won the best, of, I'll just get Kieran to cut that bit out, and it, well, no one will know that I was wrong in my prediction. But that's or what keep I'm it in expecting. So everyone can know that you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> my predictions, I picked about four people for the Champions Carnival and they were all wrong. So I mean, my predictions <laughs> aren't great. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's sort of like my um, quick tour around the best of Super Juniors. Um, yeah, there's been some great matches dotted around, but that Akira Desperado match is definitely the one uh, to check out um, as we go towards like the semi finals and final now. Um, but elsewhere in New Japan, uh, Ishimori's picked up an injury. It was a, a cervical, uh, not cervical, cerbital. I can't even say it. It's his neck that's the problem. Um, cervical vertebrae? Yes, there you are. <laughs> it, uh, it, it was quite nasty, really. He got, it, it was looked like a lariat, and it sort of hit him in the face and he la- rather than his neck, and he landed funny, um, and they stopped the match. So um, hopefully that's not too bad. Um so wishing him well for that. And at the resurgence show over at the Walter Pyramid in San Francisco, Mark Davis, it's been announced that he's injured. Carl Fletcher uh, came into the ring and vacated the New Japan Strong and uh, IWGP um, tag team titles. That is, I mean, that is a real, real shame because he, he, we talked about him a couple, not must have been a couple of months ago, that how he could be in the G1. So hopefully mm. the injury is not too bad and like pray that he could be back for the G1. But um, a real kick in the teeth for the team, like for both of them, but as well as Mark Davis as well. Yeah, and it's truly like there's so many people getting injured. A lot, also, the cyber fight has been fighting with a lot of injuries, like both in Tokyo Joshi Pro, in DDT, in, um, in Gambara Pro. Like, there's so many people getting injured right now. Obviously, Mercedes Monet is also uh, injured now. It's, it's, it's terrible. I don't know what it is about this season, but yeah, I think I mean it's easy to like point to stuff like too much wrestling, but I think with like um, with Ishimura's injury, that's just like a freak accident. If it if he's landed bad off a lariat, I mean there's nothing you can do to account for that. I don't think, um, and those things sort of happen, don't they? It's those are the ones that are um, they're just the accidents that can happen with what they're doing um, in a wrestling ring. Um, I'm not sure what the Mark Davis injury is. Um, 
but he hasn't. I don't think he's been rest. He's not wrestled much in the last few weeks. So I don't know how that's come about. But Katsumata got injured as well in that death match I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And I, 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 I've watched that, and I can't, I can't pinpoint where the injury happened. So I don't know what um, has gone on there. But it's those sort of things that seem to be like cropping up a bit more frequently, like you said. Um, so hopefully, it either die, like dies down a little bit, and people start um, like the injuries stop piling up. So, but that's it really in terms of. New Japan will be uh, next month. It's Dominion, so we'll have that to talk about with Sonada defending his title against Shiosuji, who I've seen in front of about 200 people in Sheffield, which just seems mental to me. (laughs) And it was about three months ago. He walked in front of me, right? So, because it's like the little venue in Sheffield is called the Network where Rev Pro run their shows, and there's like Mm -hmm. two or three rows of seating and then a gap between that and the wall so i stood mm. on the wall because it's about five quid cheaper than getting a seat so uh there's like a gap between the seats and where i was stood and he just walked they're doing a bit of a brawl through the crowd and he walked right in front of me and then two months later he's now challenging for the um igp world Heavyweight championship so it's not then we're like crazy things where you see them like one right in front of you and then a few months later they're up in uh, the naming lights as it were um you have to wonder is this the first New Japan main eventer to have been featured on In for a Penny, In for a Ground with Stephen <laughs> Marshall and Star of State and Screen. Hopefully, he's the only one that is featured. With <laughs> um, oh God, I forgot about that. That is, that, I, I, if people haven't seen that, it's, it's a UK TV show called In for a Penny, In for a Pound, where it's like Stephen Mulhern's like a he's, a, he's a TV presenter, is to put it nicely. Um, and on the <laughs> Yes, and a very yeah, he's a magician. Yeah, I, I won't go in. I, I won't go in two footed on Zoom. He was, um, but yeah, he's like, well, what was he doing? He was like, so he was, he was with Andy Kildon, who was the promoter for RevPro, and was so Andy Kildon was describing famous people, and Yokosuji had to guess who they were mm. to win yeah. money, and he knew Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> It was just as Andy Corner just listed off Madonna songs, and eventually he was like Madonna. And it was, <laughs> uh, yeah, I- I'll see if I can track that up on Twitter. But that was fantastic. That, um, <laughs> so, yeah, future IWGP World Heavyweight Champion in for the penny, in for the pound. Star, <laughs> Get Stephen yeah. Mullen in. Walk into the ring, Stephen Mullen. <laughs> oh, Stephen Mullen in New Japan. Let's bring it out. I love that. <laughs> And, uh, and speaking of events that are go- like gonna be next month, uh, next month is, in my opinion, the best named series of June wrestling events: uh, Dragon Gate's Rainbow Gate. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't. I, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so good luck uh, to Shun on his quest to ma- to marry Jason and Jackie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Because I mean, like it, it's Pride Month. Like, like if it's gonna happen, <laughs> it's gonna happen in June. But no, um, and it's gonna be right. Probably the builds for uh, Cobra World, which is Dragon Gate's biggest show of the year, is probably gonna start in June. So I'll check that out as well. Yeah. So I've do team a bit short in the next month because their big Peter Pan show is in July. Um, but we'll have plenty to talk about and we can sort of look ahead to that and uh, know we've got another Jake Lee title match. Can't wait. Um, so there's a lot to be talking about <laughs> next month. Um, before we go, obviously, uh, make sure 
to subscribe if you're wanting free access to all the content and an exclusive Into the Wrestleverse podcast once a week uh, to patreon.com forward slash wrestle in. That's where you'll get for £1 a month, you get that early access and uh, a weekly podcast that no one else is able to listen to. And you should um, follow Wrestle In on wherever you uh, find your podcast for not only our podcast, but uh, the brand new On The Indies um, show where there's, um, I think there's three or four of them, they all talk about uh, American Indies wrestling. So that's up your street. Um, that's definitely one for you. The Ocean Cyclone Show, Golden Techers, Tokyo Joshi Freedom Fighters, Orderly Listening, and The Flight of Five. So lots and lots to listen to there. Um, before we go, Ben, do you have isn't anything? It... Oh, sorry, go on. Isn't it called Ace Techers? Have I forgot? What did I say? Golden Techers. Is it not Golden Techers? No, oh, no. Ace Techers. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, well, that's me, Sax. <laughs> it's been great. It's been great on the podcast. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, I can't lie. Well, ace te- um, ace techers then. I apologise. Kieran's not going to be happy about that. Um, <laughs> before we go then, Ben, uh, do you have anything to plug, sir? Oh, I do this time. Um, I was uh, recently featured on the Pura Gems podcast with the lovely Pets Wrestling. So you can, if you want to hear me talk even more about the Champion Carnival, I recommend you go and check that out. Wonderful. It's for the Five Star Network too, right? Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I am, in fact, the only editor <laughs> for that site. So uh, <laughs> you can also find my work there, uh, aside from Scott, I guess. But um, yeah, and of course, you can also find all of my work linked uh, on k as in kfabe.com and for wrestle in i recently did my first interview with ddt's mouse so please check that out i made sure to have it written in a way that's also suitable for new fans so if you want to learn more about him you know have a look at that yeah it's definitely worth uh, reading if you haven't already uh, and for myself, you can follow me on Twitter at jjohnson underscore 16. Uh, I've been a little light on content recently, apart from my Atani article, which came out a few weeks ago, um, about um, like the exploding bar wide death match. But I- I'm hoping now the university is out of the way, like we've all been saying, that it's all our kicking. And Do hopefully, we've... yes, <laughs> more will, uh, sorry about that. Yeah, more will come, uh, for me, writing wise. Um, So thank you to you both for joining me and thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next month uh, with another episode of the Pure Vision podcast. Bye.